believe where sinners more than sands upon the ocean soar. Thou hast for all. When from the dust of death I rise to claim my mansion in the skies, this then shall be my only plea. Jesus hath lived and died for me. Jesus be endless praise. Spotless mercy hath for me. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this your confession, I by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant to the word announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in this stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I call to God and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain thee. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Mm -hmm. 
But I call to God, and the Lord will save me. Glory be to the Father, and, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I call to God and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Glory be to God on high. begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sin of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For Thou only art holy, Thou only art the Lord. Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high. In the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, you declare your almighty power in above all in showing mercy and pity. Mercifully grant us such a measure of your grace that we may obtain your gracious promises and be, more, be made partakers of your heavenly treasures. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament lesson for this, the 10th Sunday after the Trinity, is written in the 8th chapter of the prophet Jeremiah, beginning at the 4th verse. You shall say to them, thus says the Lord, when men fall, do they not rise again? 
If one turns away, does he not return? Why then has this people turned away in perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. I have paid attention and listened, but they have not spoken rightly. No man relents from his evil, saying, What have I done? Everyone turns to his own course, like a horse plunging headlong into battle. Even the stork in the heavens knows her time. The turtle dove, the swallow, the crane keep the time of their coming. But my people know not the just decrees of the Lord. How can you say, we are wise in the Torah of the Lord is with us? But behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie. The wise men shall be put to shame. They shall be dismayed and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom is in them? Therefore, I will give their wives to others and their fields to conquerors. Because from the least to the greatest, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. From prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not ashamed at all. They did not know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among the fallen. When I punish them, they shall be overthrown, saith the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From your presence let thy, my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. The epistle lesson is written in the ninth chapter, St. Paul's letter to the church at Rome, beginning, beginning at the 30th verse. What shall we then say? That the Gentiles did not pursue righteousness, have attained it? that is, the righteousness that is by faith, but that Israel, who pursued the law that would lead to righteousness, did not succeed in reaching the, that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as it were, based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. I bear witness that they, may have, that they do have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for forgiveness to everyone who believes. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Alleluia, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night to thee, Alleluia.
Holy Gospel is written in the 19th chapter of St. Luke, beginning at the 41st verse. Glory be to thee, Lord. When Jesus drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the day will come upon you when your enemies will set up a mound around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children, upon you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. And as he entered the temple, he began to drive out those who sold, saying unto them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple. The chief priests and scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to kill him, but they did not find anything that they could do, for all the people were hanging upon his words. This is the Gospel of the Lord. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. is Jesus Christ her Lord. She is his new creation. 
protection by water on the word. From him he came and sought her, his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. Elect from every nation, yet one or of the earth. Her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth. <clears throat> one holy name she partakes, one holy food. And to one hope she presses with every grace in June. Though with a scornful wonder, by schism rent asunder, by heresy's distress. <clears throat> Soon the night of weeping shall be the morn of song. Through trial and tribulation and tumult of her war, she awaits the consummation of peace forevermore. Shall be the church at rest. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Historians have a, uh, a proverb that goes kind of like this. Hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men lead to hard times. The, um, when we study the Reformation, what we don't realize is that plague was actually something that was going on quite commonly during the period when Luther was writing his 95 Theses and then during the period leading up to the Augsburg Confession. In fact, in 1522, several years after the 95 Theses, plague had visited Rome, and Rome went from a city of 55,000 down because of the plague and then the murders and suicides and the, the flight from the city that that came after it, reduced it down to 40,000. In 1527, the year that the emperor, uh, Charles V, sacked Rome because of the problems in it and occupied it militarily, plague, the Black Plague came again. 
in the summer of that year, and the city became a place of terror, horror, and desolation. Churches and streets were literally littered with corpses. Many were left to rot in the sun. There was no one to bury them. The stench was so strong that the jailers and prisoners fled from the castle parapets in the castle of St. D'Angelo and went to their rooms, and many just died there. People didn't even know they were dead. The impartial plague struck the invaders, the German imperial troops, 2,500 of those died that July, plus malaria, syphilis, and malnutrition racked the army as well. So that by October 5th of that year, four out of every five houses were abandoned in Rome. Many, many of them just empty because the bodies in them were just like bones there. The, the, nobody even knew the people were dead. They just were abandoned. Thousands of buildings were literally in ruins. And people that came to the city that November were amazed that after nine months of plague and invasion, the capital of Christendom could be reduced so significantly. Medieval Europe was facing political collapse, according to the historian Will Durant. And yet the question as asked is why? Why would this happen? Well, the historian, the American historian from the 20th century, a gal by the name of, lady by the name of Barbara Tuckman, makes a very strong assertion that it was due primarily to several very weak popes. Very weak and very corrupt popes. Starting with a guy named Sixtus IV, who introduced unabashed, unconcealed, relentless pursuit of power and personal gain. Then, then it went on after that to a guy named Innocent VIII, who distinguished himself primarily because he was the first pope to recognize his son. And his son, Francesetto, was corrupt. All he cared about was doing evil. With, with, he would have gangs, and he would roll, roam the streets of Rome with companies of, of, of companions for lewd purposes. And all the pope cared about was, was funding his son and his adventures. And next came Alexander VI, Rodrigo Borgia, who if, if, you've ever, if you're on Netflix at all, they, the, of course, that's the, that's the pope they do a Netflix series on, is, is, is Borgia, who, Alexander VI, who's the most immoral, lewd, disgusting person that ever wore the papal tiara. The stuff he did, I can't, even, I can't talk about it even at men's coffee. It would be inappropriate. And then there was a better pope, Julius II, at least he wasn't morally corrupt, but, but he was a warmonger. He literally wore plate armor. He's the pope that, that Luther saw when he, went to, when he was sent by the Augustinians to Rome before the 95 Theses. And then, of course, there's Leo X, the one the Lutherans all know about, who was supposed to be a reformer, but the only thing he reformed was nothing. Of course, he did excommunicate Luther. And people like Luther and others were just shocked by what they saw going on with the papacy, and there was a man by the name of Charles von Habsburg. He later became the Emperor Charles V. He also was very pious, and he was so disgusted with it that in, in the summer of 1527, he sacked Rome with his Holy Roman Imperial Army from Germany. Dual disasters, plague, unavoidable, war with the papacy and the emperor, immorality, absolutely avoidable. Now, the situation in Rome in 1527 was not very different than the situation in Jerusalem in the first century, the situation that, that existed when Jesus, when he drew near the city and saw, and he wept over it. Because Jerusalem wasn't that different than Rome in 1527. 
because the city of Rome in 1527 was just like the city of Jerusalem, you know, in this gospel lesson, because all the clergy cared about and all the leaders of the temple cared about and all the Jewish leaders cared about at that time was power politics, was their own personal gain in their own things. They didn't care about the things of heaven. They only cared about the things of this world. And that's why we read Jesus weeping. And as he weeps, as he sobs, he sobs in a way that's uncontrollable. He says through his sobs, if thou had known even now, this day, the things that make for your peace, but they are hidden from your eyes. For the day will come when your enemies will, will build a mound around you. They'll trench you in. They're going to lay siege to you. This is the words of trench warfare. And they're going to compass you about on every side. And they're going to tear you down, you and your children. Not one stone will be left on another. And it's all unnecessary. It's absolutely self-inflicted. And I wonder if we, Western man, American man, American people, American zur, if we're, if we're any different. We who in the last 300 years have never known a famine, we who have been blessed by God more than any other nation in the world, more than any other people in the world, are, are not very different from Rome of 1527 or Jerusalem of 33. I mean, Jesus throughout his whole, whole ministry rejects worldly priorities. I mean, when Jesus, when Jesus stood on, on the mountain, of, you know, the mountain there that, that Satan brought him up to, that exceedingly high mountain, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all the glory there. And he said, if you will just get down on your knees and you'll just genuflect to me, I will give it all to you. And what did Jesus say? Be gone, Satan. You will worship the Lord your God and only him you will serve. Jesus rejected it. But if that deal had been given to the, the leadership of the temple... When Jesus wept over, over Jerusalem, they would have accepted the deal. They'd been like, yeah, I'm bored. Good, let's do it, let's go. Let's do it. Now, Jesus makes it really clear that we are not to lay up treasures for ourselves on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Where is our heart? What do we treasure? You know, Jerusalem is doing just the opposite. They care about this world. The leaders of the church cared only about this world and its priorities and its things. And that's why Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out those who sold therein. Them that bought saying unto them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. I, I, I like it better in Matthew. The Matthew accounts, the parallels better, is more, uh, is more comprehensive. Jesus says, my father's house is a house of prayer, and you've made it a house of merchandise. You're selling a product rather than giving something free as grace. Den of thieves. Well, the word for thief here is, is a multiple-use word. It's letes in, in Greek. You know, letes is used for the man on the cross that dies with Jesus, you know? He's a letes. He's a thief, right? But the word really doesn't do it justice. It's, it's not really robber or thief. It, it's really 
more of a revolutionary terrorist. It's one who believes in solving problems through violence. That's what a latex is. That's what a latex is. That's, that's, what the, that's what the Renaissance popes were. They were latex. They were mercenaries about their own things. And, and I wonder sometimes if that's what the church has become in many ways. Because we're told by Christ in Ephesians 6, we're, we're told by the apostle under the inspiration of, of the Holy Spirit that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual wickedness in high places, that my enemy is not you, and I am not your enemy. Our enemy is not our fellow man, but it is, it is the demonic. And that's who we fight against. Jesus made this very clear to Pontius Pilate just, just, just hours before Pilate crucifies him. And he says, if my kingdom is not of this world, if my kingdom were of this world, my followers would already be fighting. Free translation. And so to drive home this reality that God's house is a, is, 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 is a, is a, fo- a focus of heavenly goals and not earthly ones, Jesus drives out the money changers. Because what the church has is not for sale. It's not for sale. It is given here by grace through faith and not of works, lest any man should boast. And it's interesting that Jesus uses the word latex, a house of latex, a house of, 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 of thieves. Because this word latex was also commonly an alternative word for mercenary. See, in the first century, you know, governments would often hire, hire soldiers, you know, like a whole company of soldiers, you know, and they would fight for your government as long as you paid them. But the latex were, were notorious for their lack of quality. And when they weren't, weren't fighting on the battlefield for those who paid their bills, they were out pillaging and raping and, and destroying and, and robbing people, right, as they marched through villages and... And that's why, if you ever read the kids' book, The Stone Soup, that's why the people hid all their stuff when the soldiers came up on their, on their village, because they're, they're afraid that they're latex. They're going to take and rob and, and, and pillage them. And then finally, latex can also be used as zealot, like Simon the latex, Simon the zealot, one of the apostles, right? A zealot, the one who is, has zeal. And the zealots in the first century were, were, were a Jewish group of people who believed that the best way to, to, to drive out the Romans was through terroristic violence. So they had zeal. And by, by calling these men that, that run the temple zealots, he's also saying to the temple staff, he's saying to them, y'all care about worldly priorities and you don't care about who you hurt to get what you want. You don't care. You're zealous for the things of this world, not zealous for the things of God. Yes, the temple clergy, Jesus is saying by implication, they are zealous for themselves. They don't care about the immortal souls of their parishioners. And isn't this how sometimes we feel? I mean, maybe not that brashly, I mean, I'm not suggesting that we sit around a coffee in the morning and say, well, I really hope my neighbor ends up burning for eternity. But maybe we just don't give it a thought, right? I want what I want. I don't care. Yes, we, we sinners are zealous sometimes for things that will bring us worldly advantage 
while we are blind to the eternal needs of those around us. And if anyone in the clergy has the temerity to suggest this to us, why we resent it, don't we? I know I do. I resent it. Who does he think he is? And it's natural to resent it. We observe observe this resentment in today's gospel lesson. Because after Jesus drives out those who buy and sell in the temple and and reminds them that his house is a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of, of, of terroristic, violent people, the chief priests and the scribes and the notable men, those who are all politically connected in the society, begin to think about how they can murder this guy. And on Good Friday, they succeeded, kind of, didn't they? They succeeded, and it's interesting, this, this idea that the latex is really, really informative of Good Friday as well, because, because they, the, Romans had a, um, the Romans had a tradition on, on, on the uh, Passover Eve of releasing a prisoner that the people would like released. And so Pontius Pilate said, who would you like me to release to you? Would you like me to release to you Jesus of Nazareth or Jesus Barabbas? Because that's what his first name was, Jesus. Do you want Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, the one who, who, will, who is willing to die for you so that you who are dead will live? Or would you rather have the one, Jesus Barabbas, who would murder you in your sleep if he thought he would gain him an advantage and sleep that night himself like a baby? And who did they choose? Give us Barabbas. Crucify Jesus of Nazareth. Right? They reject the one who gives them life. And they choose the one who would murder them for political gain. And this is the the reason why Jesus weeps. Because he knows where this road ends. It it ends in 72 AD with Titus, the son of the emperor Vespasian, laying siege to Jerusalem and reducing it by assault. And the temple and everything, the menorahs and everything are are taken to, to Rome and melted down. And they build the Colosseum with it. Yeah, that's where they got the money to build the Colosseum. From, the Roman, from, from, from Jerusalem's temple. And then Rome, 1,500 years later, suffers almost the exact same fate for the, almost the exact same reasons. And so will we in this country if we don't repent. Just saying. Because you see, Jesus wept over them, and I think he weeps over us now because he wants He wants us to desire his gifts of eternal life. You see, the church has been here before. Plague is nothing new to the church. We've been going through plagues for thousands of years. We don't cease doing what we do for plagues. No, we don't. No, because because the Christians, we've not been given a spirit of fear, to to fear death. I mean, that's, that's what a lot of this is, fear of death. 
But Christ has given us eternal life. He has given us the certainty through his death upon the cross and his resurrection from the, gain, from the grave that we can know that for me to live is Christ and die is gain. We're, no one's gonna live in this life forever. Did you think you would? No, no. We will all come to that day when to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That may be, that may be this week for some of us, or it may be many years later for others. You know, like Henry V said before the Battle of Agincourt, you know, he said that the death comes to all of us, maybe to me today, maybe you tomorrow. But Christ has not given us a spirit of fear. No, because of his gifts, the gifts that he wept over Jerusalem because they refused them. He wants us to know that we have eternal life through him. He wants us to be able to hear his word and know we're saved. He wants us to be able to look at the waters of baptism and know that because of that water, we're embedded in in his eternal life. That because of his body and blood upon the altar, that that we have the forgiveness of sins. Because you see, where these gifts are found, the true house of Christ's prayer is present. And he is giving us eternal life. Because Jerusalem didn't want these gifts, Christ wept over Jerusalem. I pray he will not weep over us. In Jesus' name, amen.
to ask Mike and uh, and also uh, Mr. Ramos to come up. Mr. Rogers, Mr. Ramos, Hector. Hector is uh, taking over uh, the slot for evangelism and outreach, and Mike is going to be taking over, uh, stepping in as our um, head usher, and so we will swear them in. Beloved in the Lord, Holy Scripture admonishes us that all things should be done decently in good order. To this end, the constitution and bylaws of this parish establish various offices uh, to which men and women are elected uh, to serve. Uh, in doing so, the church follows the example of the early church as, as described in Acts chapter six. The 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said unto them, it is not right that we should give up the preaching of the word to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick from among yourselves seven men of good repute, full of spirit and wisdom, and they will appoint to this duty and we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Um, and therefore, um, I ask you, uh, Hector, uh, has been appointed to serve uh, the position, as I said, of evangelism and outreach, and Mike has been appointed to serve uh, with ushers. Uh, you have been chosen, therefore, to fulfill specific offices and portions, positions of responsibility in the, at Redeemer Lutheran Church. Uh, you are to work with the pastors, that our life together in Christ may be orderly and pleasing in God's sight. You are to see that the services of God's house are held at the proper times, the word of God is purely preached and taught according to the Lutheran confessions and that the sacraments of Christ are administered according to his institution, that provisions uh, is made for Christian instruction of the young and old and the Aryan are admonished and disciplined is maintained. You are to see that the temporal affairs of the congregation are properly administered and that proper support is provided for workers in this congregation. You are to assist in caring for the poor and the sick, in cultivating harmony among the members and promoting the general welfare of the congregation and furthering the kingdom of Christ here and throughout the world. While holiness of life and obedience in Christ are expected of all members of the parish, it is especially important to you as office bearers in the church to show yourselves by word and example to be faithful to him in service and Christian devotion. In the presence of God in this congregation, I therefore ask you, do you accept the office is entrusted to you. Do you promise to faithfully carry out your, dis your duties, trusting the Lord to perform, uh, conform yourselves to his word in accordance with the faith of the Evangelical Lutheran Church? If so, answer, I do. I do. I do. Okay. Beloved in the Lord, you have heard the promises of faithfulness spoken by these men and that have been selected to serve as officers of Redeemer Lutheran Church. Do you promise to support them in their work to remember them in your prayers and to work with them to the best of the abilities that God has given you so that he may be glorified in his work done in, their, in your midst. If so, answer, we do. Brothers and sisters in Christ, therefore I now install both Hector and Mike to their offices in your presence in the name of the Father and the Son and the name of the Holy Ghost, amen. May the almighty and merciful God uh, strengthen you in your offices so that you may be good and faithful stewards to the glory of his name and to the good of his people. Let us pray. O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you have raised up these servants from, to work among your people. We humbly implore you to grant them by your Holy Spirit the gifts needed for faithful carrying out of their task 
most especially wisdom and strength in willing hearts. Let your blessing rest upon this congregation, strengthen the faith, quicken the love, and enkindle the zeal of its members that your name may be glorified and that here and in all places under heaven, the kingdom of your son may be advanced. We remember with thanksgiving uh, those who have faithfully served your people and how uh, have they now completed their time of service. We pray that in the end of days, we, with all your faithful people, may hear your voice saying unto us, come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom of heaven prepared to you from the foundations of the world. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, now we, we pray, who, li- who uh, lives and reigns with the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever, amen. So go in the name of the Lord, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the, in the Lord your labors are never in vain, that the Almighty and most merciful God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may he bless and preserve you. Amen. Oh, goodness. Okay. So we have a few announcements. I took my mask off to do that so you can hear it better. Um, Tuesday, of course, we'll have the elders at 6 and the council at 7. Uh, every day, uh, I'm still doing the Zoom now that I'm back from, um, from a short break. I've uh, resumed doing those, so you're certainly welcome and encouraged to be part of that. We're also doing Sunday school via Zoom, and the instructions uh, are there. It's easy to do it, though. You, just, you dial 929-936-2866. The ID is 175 209 756, and then, is it 756 or 7566? I think we're missing a number there on the ID. And then the password is 151730, that's correct. Um, but you can find it on Basecamp, uh, and if you're not sure what it is, I can, you can always call me and I'll, I'll give you the information as well, uh, off, offline. So um, we have several prayer requests today. One is for an anonym, uh, somebody, um, that does not want to be named, that works with Sarah Koblis. She uh, is critically ill in intensive care. Um, did not say with what she's critically ill with. Uh, also, um, the Paceys and Clays asked that we pray for the family of their friend, Owen Stimson, who died last week. Um, also, Katie, Katie um, Shesby, um, AKA Dieterding, before she got married a year ago, uh, is um, gave birth to her first her firstborn child, a daughter, by the name of Drew Collins, uh, in Hattiesburg, and the baby was six pounds even, nine inches. Uh, she was born at 7:15 in the morning, and um, so they are. So Katie's very excited about her her daughter Drew Collins. And then my brother asked that we pray for his uh, one of his sisters-in-law. Um, who is her, her name is Helen von Habsburg. Yeah, that, that von Habsburg. And uh, his wife's a von Habsburg. And Helen has COVID-19, and she's one of the unfortunate ones that has a, even though she's rather young and fit, has a very hard case of it. Uh, and uh, prays very, very earnestly for, we, she asked that we pray for her. So her name is Helen, my brother's uh, sister-in-law, who has a very, very severe case of COVID-19. So we just ask that you pray for her. Also Friday, we, we buried, um, uh, Paul Neeland at the uh, Blakely uh, Veterans, Alabama Veterans Cemetery across from Fort uh, Blakely. 
and uh, we had a very nice, very nice uh, field service there for him. Um, the Marines and the Navy, Department of Navy, provided a burial detail. It was all Marines except one sailor, and it was done uh, with panache and excellence. Uh, I was really, uh, really uh, enjoyed it uh, very much. I think it was something that Paul would have appreciated. Lord be with you. Lord, now let us thy servant peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all peoples. To light and the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. Glory be to the Father and to Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now. With our ten. Amen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. We give thanks to the Almighty God that thou hast refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we beseech thee that of thy mercy thou would strengthen us in the same in faith towards thee, and in fervent love towards one another, through Jesus Christ thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee, and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, now and forever. love your grace on us bestow set our hearts fire a glow that with hearts united we may each other every stranger sister and brother 
Lord, have mercy. Transcend in comfort in our every need. Help us neither scorn nor death to heed, that we may not falter nor courage fail us when the foe shall taunt and assail us. Lord, have mercy. Shine in our hearts, O Spirit, precious sight. Teach us, Jesus Christ, to know our right, that we may abide in the Lord who bought us. Lord, have mercy. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Amen.